Welcome, welcome to the third episode of No Code Airlines. Buckle up because today we're going to talk about which no code tool to use for your application. We get this question a lot in the clubhouse that we do once a week, every Friday. You can check it out somewhere in the links down below, somewhere in the podcast description. And in this podcast, we want to talk about which tools can do what, and we want to answer some questions, some common questions that we got in those rooms. So I'm looking forward to that episode and I welcome also Karim and Thomas. How are you doing today? Hi everybody. Yeah, doing great. Super excited to be here. So my name is Karim. I'm not a developer. I have a business background. I studied business and finance. I work in finance right now. I discovered no code about three years ago. Absolutely fell in love with the potential that it offers. Um, yeah, it gives someone like me the opportunity to build software, build businesses online. And I'm super excited about it because I can do so much more now than I could just five years ago. And I want you to get as excited as well. So great to be here on our third and super exciting episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Thomas. I'm also super excited to be here. Uh, I'm a software developer by training. Um, I love building software uh, for myself and for other people. And I also discovered no code as like a new tool in my toolbox. Uh, so nowadays, whenever I start a new software project, I check first if I can use um, an existing no code platform and then sprinkle some uh, code over it as, as we go, uh, kind of like a seasoning if it's necessary. Some seasoning, everything needs good seasoning. And there is some piece of news in the no-code space. We do have the biggest no-code conference this year, which is called No-Code Conf 2021, organized by Webflow. But it's not like a buy my product conference. No, it's about getting the whole industry into basically one uh, area and also online. But unfortunately, because of, uh, well, the situation that is not improving, uh, they moved the whole event to be only online. And I was looking so much forward to flying there but yeah, such is life. Uh, maybe maybe next year we're able to do that event because uh, it's it's November uh, 17 to 18, which is a cold season. And maybe, you know, in that time we're going to have some issues again. Who knows? So stay tuned for that. I think the conference is very, very high quality. So make sure to go to um, webflow.com slash no code conf. Of course, the link will be in the description. And you can go there, register, it's for free because it's online, but the content, very high quality. It's the only, the one and only, the biggest conference for no code um, out there. And I'm very excited. Maybe next year I am able to be on stage uh, talking to you uh, there about uh, what I love about no code, but let's see. Uh, other than that, uh, Karim, what other news do we have to share? Yeah, so no-code education is um, absolutely heating up, it's gaining a lot of steam, and we love to see this. There are two big players in the no-code community or no in no-code learning that um, are doing uh, cohort courses, cohort classes, one of which is MakerPad. Um, they just closed their second cohort a few days ago. Um, Check them out on uh, Twitter. They are really active. They post a lot of what the students in the cohorts are learning, are building, and they have a demo day as well. So if you're curious to see what MakerPad's um, education is all about, you can look into that. And the other player is Beyond Deck. Don't worry, all the links will be in the show notes. Beyond Deck, they finished their second cohort. So the second cohort, 
um, had a demo day last week um, that was uh, open to the public where participants uh, demoed the projects that they worked on during the whole co uh, the few weeks of the cohort. Beyond Deck is also right now open to applications for their third no-code cohort. It's an eight-week um, cohort where you go from noob to hero, where you go from not knowing about no-code to a cool product with some users and that uh, has gained some, some steam and some, some is growing. So no-code education is really cool. We'd love to see that. Check it out. Very shortly, very briefly, what is no-code actually uh, in a few sentences? Because some people have asked us to give an introduction for the ones that are not so familiar with it already. Yeah, I mean, personally, I would say that no-code doesn't mean non-technical, right? Like there is still technicality to, to learning no-code. There's a learning curve to use those tools. Basically, no-code has... Um, three main verticals of things you can do with it. You can build powerful automations between tools. You can build products. You can build MVPs, prototypes with it. No-code is a name that was given to this emerging space. It started really to heat up about two or three years ago. That includes a ton of tools, allow you to build uh, powerful businesses, powerful apps, powerful websites with a visual interface. If you want to learn more about what no-code is and can do, don't hesitate to check episode one of this podcast. And also my YouTube channel <laughs> where I talk about no-code because, you know, that's the purpose. And uh, so to introduce myself as well, I am a tech person and I'm also a business person um, understanding like the, the aspects of cre creating a business, which is why I find no-code so interesting. Because I believe that you can build a business much faster and cheaper with no code if you know how to do that, which is why we do this podcast. So guys, what do you think? Shall we dive into the topic of today about which no code tools to use? Because no code is a jungle, right? Many tools, a lot of confusion, and not every tool is made equal. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the number one question we get in the Clubhouse room. Uh, there's so many tools, it's difficult to choose. There's always this question when you start to use a platform, is this the right one? Uh, should I double down and learn more about this platform or should I check the new newest platform, the newest news? Uh, so it's a, it's a big topic, it's a great question. It's difficult to decide. If you're curious about like all the no-code tools that are available, I mean, all of them, it's hard to list because the space is so hot that there's new tools that come out almost every every week, right? There's a great resource. Um, it's called nocodelist.co. Don't worry about it. You'll have all the links in the show notes. So nocodelist.co does a great job at categorizing a ton of the available no-code tools in different categories. So you can go on there and see, okay, um, what's good for building marketplaces? What's what's good for building um, video games without code? So yeah, check out No Code List. It has a ton of. Uh, it's a great resource. Really like it. Yeah, agreed. It's a great resource. There are a few more pages. Uh, we might link them down below. So check it out for finding No Code tools. But the question is, if I want to build a specific application, let's say I want to build a marketplace and I want to build something like Uber or something like Instagram or something like Tinder or God knows, right? Something like Facebook, then 
which tool shall I use, right? Because there are so many options and if I start with the wrong tool, then I waste my time massively, right? Because then I have to I figure out it doesn't work and then I have to start all over again with another tool and it's very frustrating. Even though, by the way, it might take still less time than coding it, but it's frustrating. So let's uh, talk about how we can make people's life easier by uh, talking about how to choose the right tool. There's always also the learning curve, right? Like at the beginning, whatever tool you use, um, and end up using, there is always learning involved. And it might be no code, but it's not non-technical. So there's technicality to it. Some tools might be easier to learn than others. Um, so yeah, it's like an aspect that cannot be forgotten. It's pretty important. Um, yeah, one one way to to approach this is if you already know, if you have a good idea of what you want to build specifically, so let's say you want to build an online store or you want to build a, um, an online community or you want to build a, a mobile application that works on the web, if you know fairly specifically what you want to build, uh, you can go to a, a no-code community um, like our Clubhouse room uh, or you can write us on a Twitter direct message um, or you can go to the MakerPad community or on deck. There's many uh, no-code communities out there and just describe what you want to build and chances are um, for some of these things, there are already uh, platforms that are very specific. So for example, if you want to go and uh, build an e-commerce store, there, you might be able to do this with Bubble, but at the same time, it might be easier to just go with Shopify. Or if you want to sell an ebook, maybe you want to go with Gumroad. Um, or if you have, or if you have a list of restaurants and you want to build a mobile application, um, there is a, an existing platform called Glide, which turns uh, spreadsheets into web-friendly, very slick, well-designed mobile applications that work in the web browser. Um, so sometimes for whatever you want to build, chances are there is already a no-code tool that works very specifically exactly for um, what you had in mind. Like for communities, I just wanted to mention Circle. Um, there is a lot of different tools out there um, depending on what you what you have in mind. So if you have something specific, Maybe there is an existing specific tool already. Right. No, I agree. And that, that's also the, the advice that I would give. Uh, so I 100% agree. I have a video on YouTube about that. Uh, which no-code tool it's called. You have to be short and brief on YouTube, okay? No full sentences. Which no-code tool? And it explains basically what you just said, uh, uh, Thomas. Basically, uh, there are specific tools for specific reasons. Of, and they, they solve a specific problem. And it's always smart to go with that because if you have that problem, right, that you want to solve, because they already have figured out a lot of features to tackle that. For example, a marketplace also needs a way to pay the seller, not only you, but you also have to pay the seller, right? And so that's, yeah, it's usually a, a point of, of stress when uh, somebody wants to build it with Bubble. So people ask me how to do that. And then <laughs> I explain how to do the payments and uh, paying out the sellers uh, um, regularly and it's a bit of a pain. So using something like uh, ShareTribe, for example, can also help on marketplace side. And um, there are some tools, like you mentioned Glide, there is also Adalo and Bubble and AppGyver and so on. They are general tools. With those you can build whatever. I mean, sure, they have limitations, but they don't have a specific use case. You can build um, 
whatever comes to your mind if they have those features and um, that's why it's it's a bit more complex to use them but then you have also more flexibility Karim what do you think yeah the the flexibility right means freedom it means that when you it, it, it when you open the the tool first time you're free to build a ton of stuff but flexibility makes it hard to 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 get going as well for example it's it's the blank page syndrome right when you write you start writing an essay a book whatever having a blank page is great it means a lot of freedom flexibility but it makes it also hard to to build so i totally uh, agree with thomas if you have a well-defined use case for your uh, uh, idea for your business it's great to go for a tool that will allow, that it fits this uh, use case very tightly because you will gain a ton of speed you can definitely build an e-commerce store with um, website builders right like with uh, wix with squarespace with webflow but you'll have to add a lot of uh, add-ons and do some extra things if you just go with shopify you have everything um, right straight out the door right so if it fits great just go for it you gain a ton of speed but also some tools they're limited on their on the features that they offer um, and depending on the features that you use or that you need um, you might have to go for one tool rather than another right michael yeah i think so and uh, and sometimes i hear in the clubhouse that we have every friday which is, by the way, with about 200 people, which is pretty cool, I believe. Um, so I learned a lot there. And I, I learned that some people, um, or most people, are trying to build apps that are very common, right? An app like something they already know with a twist. And I think for that, you don't necessarily have to start from the scratch. Building so something like Facebook, you don't have to start from zero. Um, there, you know, there are um, tools, or at least there are templates within tools for example uh, bubble does have a template for for a social network like uh, like facebook so you don't have to start uh, from the scratch doing that and many people do that right they start from the scratch and it's very very hard to to figure out all of these features because even though it's no code you still have to to think about the logic and the edge cases of your features uh, right so if you send a friend if you send a friend request and the other person doesn't answer for like a, a month, then what do you do, right? Is the friend request still there? Does it remind the person once in a while? You know, does it expire and stuff? So, and how does it expire if it does? Where is the, who is, who is expiring it? You know, whatever. So there is just, this is one, just, just one simple example, but um, there are many more. And I think uh, thinking about all of these uh, details uh, also requires to, to think about your features maybe on paper or make a diagram just for yourself to understand what happens in which case because you have to understand that anyway no matter uh, which tool you, you use um, the logic of your your features and uh, your business case basically has to be sound it has to make sense um, so i think that's um, that's another complexity that has to be taken into account it's not always about which tool it's of course very important but it's also about um, what you want to build and, and how, how will it work. And most people, for whatever reason, get tripped up by which tool shall I use. But instead, think about the features first. Just just draw it on paper. Think about it. Make sure it does make sense because um, 
your goal is to find out uh, what you want to build and then find the tool, not the other way around. Because the other way around is very, very stressful because you will search for features that you're not sure if you need, but you just search because you don't know otherwise. And that will make it even harder to find the right tool. What do you think, Thomas? I love your recommendation of uh, starting with a feature list um, and like having visually maybe like a pool of the functionality you that you want. And I think sometimes, maybe very often, it might turn out that there is not one tool for all the features, but maybe it's a combination of no-code tools and some of them uh, work really, really well together. So maybe uh, you're building a, a cohort-based um, community and you want some kind of like chat and you go with Discord for the chat and uh, it's still useful to have like a learning checklist that is like a companion app to the course that you're teaching and maybe you build that with Glide and maybe you have an, uh, like some digital content and some is free and some is uh, uh, is paid and you can put that on Gumroad and maybe uh, depending on what people are doing in the app, uh, you want to congratulate them in Discord and there's probably a way to do that with Sapir. Um, and so there is perhaps not one platform that is great for everything, but um, different platforms that have their own sweet spot and some way of talking to each other. And uh, maybe that's maybe that's a topic for another episode, but uh, that's, that's also a way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that to me is really interesting and that will speak a lot also to our listeners who are developers themselves, right, is the fact that, yes, you if you have a better idea of what your business looks like and what features you, you want, etc., it's like a great guide, a great prism to look at the no-code jungle or a great light shown through the no-code jungle to find your way. But there is also... For me personally, for example, what works a lot is which tools am I familiar with? Um, I started using some tools rather than others. And you know how it is. There's always a new, better tool, a shinier tool that comes out. But once you put in the work to learn how to use a specific tool, uh, you're just faster just keeping using it if it works for you and delivers the the value that you need so an, an answer about which tools to use i think familiarity is uh, definitely a, a a great prism to 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 look at the the, the tools through um i recall listening to an indie hackers um indie hackers podcast episode where um ben tossel of makerpad and sahil of gumroad where they were discussing the topic of code versus no code. And Bent also said rightly so that he was using the automation tool Zapier a lot. That's how he started. He got used to it and then he never switched. There are other ones that are more powerful ones, but he was just familiar with it. So he just stuck to it because it made him faster and just was still delivering value. And you too, Michael and Thomas, as developers, right? Like there's always a new developing langu developer language that comes out that's shinier, that's more powerful, but you have the, the core of what you master and usually you're faster just sticking to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, similar with the no-code tools also, there are some fundamentals. Um, and if you invest in learning these fundamentals and they might be like, where is my data? How is the 
data modeled, which tools are good for what and keeping that overview. Uh, these are things that kind of like keep on uh, keep on giving uh, over time. And uh, uh, at the same time, you have a, a changing space where it seems like when you check Twitter, there is like a new no-code tool every day. Um, and the existing platforms, they ship features like crazy. They add more functionality. So it's really difficult to keep uh, on top of everything. But so I've, that's why I think it's great to have uh, community, uh, podcasts, be able to ask people what they are using. Uh, don't stress out. You don't need to be stay on top of everything. Uh, focus on the fundamentals. Um, you'll be you'll be doing well. All right, and maybe some listeners will be like, okay, but which tools? Okay, <laughs> give me some names. So, but if you listen to us uh, on YouTube, on, on on Clubhouse, or on, on this podcast, you might have noticed we have some tools we really like. And that's the ones that we recommend because we know them, right? We know they work. Um, and the space is growing. It's growing fast, but it could go even faster. So, I mean, I, I think basically buckle up. I think in the next couple of years, it will be massive. Uh, but for now, the tools that have withstood the test of time are, you know, uh, Bubble, Adalo, Glide Apps, um, maybe AppGyver, if you if you like um, uh, to co create a bit more complex applications, um, guys. Any other apps you want to recommend? Because those are the ones I basically use a lot. Google Sheets, Airtable, uh, website builders like uh, Webflow, Squarespace, Card, automation like Zapier, Integromat. They're like big names, big players. Because they're bigger and been been around for longer, you also have the safety that they'll hopefully still be around for a while but also there is a strong community around them you have a question on how to do x in zapier you can just zapier sorry i think that's the, that's how they want uh, people to say it you can just google your your problem and you'll find you'll find an answer right so that's also the, that's the other thing when you stick to existing players that have been around for a bit longer that are a bit stronger you also get a ton of uh, tutorial material, YouTube videos created by the community, created by the tools and that helps you get out of a ditch if you're you're stuck somewhere. So these are like like the tools that that I enjoy too. Thomas, is there anything that I that I missed? Any tool you want to share? Yeah, there are also um, some tools that uh, I use a lot and uh, I really enjoy, especially because they work really well together. Um, I already mentioned um, Discord. Um, I really like it for community building, kind of like a chat, basically, but great has great community um, community management features. Um, I really like Glide. Um, I also like Replit, which is like a, actually like a coding platform, but you can use Replit um to um to extend glide so whenever you are building a, a mobile app with glide and uh, you want more functionality that glide doesn't have out of the box um you can use like custom extensions and build those in in replit which is great for me like uh because i can i can code if i if i need to um and it's good to be able to expand that so these two kind of like work really well together. Um, and also Airtable, uh, like you already mentioned, is a great, um, very flexible uh, tool to get data in and model data, but it also talks well 
with other tools. And Zapier, you already mentioned, is a great way to connect um, existing tools. So the more uh, the more tools I use and combine with each other, I look at not only what I can do with the tools themselves, but also how well do they talk to other tools. And, and that's what I'm always excited about when they, they kind of like combine well. Right. Very interesting. And uh, now we mentioned tons of tools and I'm pretty sure people are searching for the links. So we're going to put the links down below. I hope uh, we're not going to forget uh, any of those. And of course, uh, we have much more time for many more episodes. So um, in the future, in some future episode, we're going to talk maybe about uh, no-code architecture, right? Let's see uh, how to, which tools you can combine to create something because you don't need all the tools, right? You just need a few and some of them are competitors to each other and they do the same thing. So you don't need both. Uh, so I think it would make sense. Maybe I do a YouTube video about that. So stay tuned. Definitely make sure to subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure to follow us on Twitter and also to come to our next no code room in clubhouse, because there we have a live session with you, with you guys, 200 people almost, um, talking about your questions on how to build stuff and how to solve some problems. And usually we manage to solve your problems and that creates this very nice uh, feeling of uh, helping you, which is exactly why we're doing all of this stuff. And yeah, so that's, uh, that's very exciting. So make sure to stick around for that. And Karim, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, listening all this way. Don't hesitate to check out our website, nocodeairlines.com. It will be in the show notes. It was another great episode. It's great talking to you, to Michael and Thomas. Excited for what's yet to come. We have some great content planned. So make sure to stay strapped in because we're flying around the world with the No Code Airlines. So see you in the next episode, episode number four. And make sure to not miss it. Cheers.